0: Krina and Kirsten get to work we're talking about teams people together in teams
1: <laughs> what the hell what does that KB <laughs> I don't know Welcome to Krina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Krina Hoyer. We are so delighted that you have joined us today. Of course, we are still, and thankfully, on the beautiful land of the Coast Salish people. And we are delighted that you have joined us for this episode on teamwork because this, friends, is the way we get ourselves some ease, meaning, and joy for women at work. Which is what we're about. It's all about that. That's what we want. Why not? That's what we need. I just, I'm reading Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart, and it's so fascinating to read her definition of joy. Oh! Yes. It's about these moments of connection and meaning, and while fleeting, if they are punctuated in our lives, it's like kind of the thing we want. It was interesting to me that we chose the word, after reading her book, that we chose the word Joy, as opposed to happiness, ah, and I think it was right. Yeah, like I was like, oh, I think it's right. Now I really know what it means. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank God, that's like story of our lives, right? Like, just make something up and then hope that it works, and sometimes exactly. it does.
1: But what did she say? Joy was it was. You just said it was punctuated. Oh no, it's these moments of meaning and connection and um, elation. Yeah.
0: That's I loved it. I mean, I had no idea you were going to tell me that, and I love being surprised. And then recording my response and listening to it later—that's so cool, though. And you know what? You know what it reminds me
1: of? What does it remind you of?
0: Honestly, I think in a lot of ways, why this podcast is such a great thing in my life is because it brings me joy, because it is fun and Mm -hmm. light, and brings Mm -hmm. me the things that I need and crave and want, like connection and an opportunity to read and learn and talk and share with you. But what's crazy is the joy that it seems to
1: be translating into
0: our listenership as well.
1: That is the goal. Yeah. And here we are. Sitting in this room together, you and me talking to each other. Right. And people post on social media, which is great. And it's I love it when listeners post. But there is this aspect of this that's like, we're talking to each other. What yeah. does everybody else think?
0: Yeah, it is crazy. In fact, somebody actually actually asked me recently, have you ever done anything that was kind of vulnerable? And then you were just like, <laughs> you know, you didn't know how other people are gonna react, but you did it anyway. And I was like, are you, you what do you mean when you, you kidding
1: like, me? When you and I are talking on this this podcast and I feel like I'm naked with my muffin top hanging out, absolutely. I'm like, Like, oh, that feels uncomfortable. I just have to say, you slurred that all together. So I want to make sure our listener understands (laughs) what you just said, which
0: is we feel naked with our muffin muffin tops hanging hanging out. out. (laughs) And then we pump it out into the airwaves for your ears, for your listening pleasure. Yes, we feel vulnerable. And so recently, speaking of joy, on the same night, I had two different people. Who are, you know, friends of mine or acquaintances of mine, text me stories from their friends. Hey, I just had to tell you my friend said thus and such about your podcast, and I had to pass it on. So, like people I've never met before are listening and then relaying their appreciation for the work that we're doing.
1: Which is so satisfying. We're just so <laughs> satisfying. Makes me feel like it's worth it. So to thank you. Hanging out here yeah, to be naked. E-
0: <laughs> Thank you for the positive feedback. Oh yeah. From from what yeah, yes, exactly. Cause it is weird. It's like, you know, we're just we're just two uh pretender we're just not two babes.
1: Know. We're just two babes. Two babes two hanging babes, out. With some recording equipment. <laughs> and actually though, I mean, like this topic today, teamwork, like I mean, really, this is so, such a way to satisfy my curiosity and my interest and my desire to understand things better, and my really deep belief that we can have ease, meaning, and joy at work. Uh-huh. Yeah. How do we get there? Yeah.
0: Well, and I think you and I are a good model for that. I mean, I don't want to toot our horns constantly. Toot, I mean, toot. I kind of do want to toot my mm-hmm. horn all the time. I love it that you toot. But, <laughs> but, but I actually, one of the feedback. One of the sort of consistent bits of feedback that I hear is that the the interactions that you and I have together in some ways is a model of some effective teamwork, right? That we are able to listen to each other and respond, to be vulnerable, to create a safe space for exploration and Lord knows not be perfect.
1: Yes. And so. And to make mistakes and to goof up. And to also recognize successes and achievements. I think that's, yes, I think we have really figured that out over these last two and a half years. Yeah. And yes, I do too. And What are you good at? What am I good at? What feels good for us to do and contribute? What do
0: I trust you Mm -hmm. to do? What can Mm -hmm. you trust me to do? And what's so crazy about all this, and then eventually we will get to this This topic. (laughs) Because it's a big topic. Do we ever not talk tackle big topics? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we,
1: we tackle. Sometimes little we topics. tackle. Like I thought, humor was super fun and light. We tackle
0: little topics, Hacks but we make them
1: big topics. I don't Maybe think so. we ever.
0: But anyway, I was going to say one of the things that's crazy that people may not even understand is that you and I weren't necessarily. Close friends, we were acquaintances, we were colleagues mm-hmm. who had worked together professionally. we were coworkers, before this. coworkers, yeah. you know, in
1: some way, not in the same organization, but working together. Yeah, yeah. And so, um,
0: but of course, recognize that um, our own individual awesomeness combined together <laughs> no, my, I love this. might lead to more awesomeness. So, let's talk about teamwork and the benefits of teamwork because I, it is interesting to sort of understand. Now, there have been. Okay,
1: I just want to say before we launch on this topic, yeah, we are all in teams all the time whether or not you even realize it right not every team is like you're an intentional team on this to go plan this right sometimes we're on a team as we just go about our daily work i take in this document i process it this way i do this and send it to so and so right so we're all on teams unless we work by ourselves and even then people who work by themselves probably have an interaction with the team yeah. In some other way within within an organization mm-hmm. or outside like of. for you, while you work by yourself in your own consulting company, you work on teams all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we're I'm a team, my family is a team. My mm-hmm. extended family is a team. My, pa- my, so- my husband's family is a team. The group of people that get together to, you know, explore a subject in book club is a team. So it's really more about groups of people, although teams frequently are trying to accomplish something yes. accomplish something. particularly
1: in the in the in the in the business context. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Whether
1: for profit or not for profit. That's still what I consider a business context.
0: Yeah. Non- non-profits are businesses. Yep. They're just taxed differently. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we do know about teamwork is there are some benefits to working together effectively. Interestingly, teamwork has been studied for like 50 years. There is so much information about what makes a good team and why you want to be working on a good team. Uh, so today we're going to talk a lot about that with a focus on the most recent and current research about teamwork and also how effective teams have been working during COVID. Yeah? Yes. So benefits of teamwork. Let's dig into that a little bit uh, before we, before we uh, reveal
1: (laughs) (laughs) the big new information. Well, and also I think reveal the big aha that is just like one of those things, frankly, that just soothes my soul. Is that the dog? Yeah. Okay, maybe we just keep going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's she's whining at the door. Yes, yeah, This is. is podcasting right here. We used to do it in a barn during COVID. We've on done my it over a ping pong table. We've done it remotely. We've been in a. We've in a. Anyway, go ahead. So you were saying.
1: Okay. Benefits of teamwork. What Karina just said is that there's been a lot of research on teams and that research has indicated that there are a number of benefits. Some I think which are not surprising. Some of which are really surprising. So first of all, when you work on problems together with other people collaboratively, you tend to get better outcomes, better results. Go ahead. No, you go. Well,
0: I was gonna say this is an interesting one, right? So I there there are there is a generation currently in the workforce that focus more on individual. And that is the older the older generation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But what we found is that when you are able to work effectively with other people and especially a diverse set of opinions and experiences, we get better outcomes. Yeah. Okay. Which is, to me, that's not
1: surprising. Yeah,
0: that is not surprising. Bring other
1: people to the table. What, what was also kind of not surprising is that when you get people together, they're more likely to take calculated risks that end up in some innovation, some new idea, some something. Which also makes sense to me. Because mm-hmm. when you have company, it's much easier to take a risk than when you're alone. You know what I mean? Like if I have partners in taking a risk, I feel safer moving forward into the unknown than if I'm by myself.
0: Yes. And what's interesting is about 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot of focus on getting people together um, in innovative ways with the hope that it would lead to innovation. Mm -hmm. And one of those was open floor plans in offices. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, to create more like flow and and collaboration and teamwork. And that one didn't work out. It actually didn't work out. The data is coming back saying, you know what? Open floor plans lead to chaos and nobody can get their freaking work done because it's so loud and crazy. So, yes, yes. Group, we're working in a team can lead to innovation, more calculated risk, but you got to do it in a an effective way, in an effective way. Yeah. You can't just throw a bunch of
1: people together in a big room and, hope for the and best. say, look,
0: we're doing it. We're You're a team so now. close together.
1: You can talk to each other like right <laughs> over the top of your cubicle. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we also know that when you are working in an effective team, one, uh, one of the benefits is that it does encourage Personal growth and increased job satisfaction and reduced stress. And again, that's in an effective team, which we'll, we'll talk about how to have make an effective team or how to what an effective team looks like later. Um, but you can see that because a team again is more people. You're working effectively together. You're building relationships, and therefore you're happier. Mm-hmm. We know that direct is, contact with humans makes let's just you pause happier. on
1: that for a minute. Yeah, effective teams make happier humans at work. Yes, love yeah. it.
0: Love it. Um, Studies also show that groups tend to innovate faster, like we said a minute Mm -hmm. ago,
1: but they also see mistakes more quickly. And find solutions more quickly, which also makes a ton of sense Mm -hmm. to me. But Mm -hmm. good to call these things out to remind us why we go through the shit that we need to go through to make effective teams. And we just don't throw our hands up and say, I'm doing myself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's also interesting, though, this notion of finding better solutions to problems because the counter to an effective team Mm -hmm. is obviously a poorly run team or an ineffective team and or one that just is all full of group think. So it's funny to me that effective teams can innovate and find problems, like identify problems sooner, but an ineffective team gets mired in their own group think and just sort of sticks with the status
1: quo right because just being on a team does not mean that you're going to innovate right Right, what you need to be on an effective team for you to really achieve all the benefits of teamwork
0: yeah exactly
1: and what i just want to say is this so i am the newbie in the room about teams (laughs) you know, you think Krina, about teams all the time. Yeah. You spend all day talking to people about teams. That's like one of the main things that you do in your work is teams. I certainly work on teams, teams with my coworkers, teams with my clients. And there's lots of things I know about like being effective, giving everybody a chance to talk, having an agenda, you know, making sure everybody's accountable, clear goal, clear direction. I know all of those kind of Basic things,
0: yeah. The the box that needs to need to get all of the
1: boxes that need to be checked. And frankly, I conflate that a little bit with an effective meeting, an effective team, because it's just this like boxes to check. Mm -hmm. But this episode, the research for this episode was so interesting to me because it led to the big reveal. What is it that really creates? An effective team. Mm-hmm. How do we get all of these good things we know that teams give us? Yeah, and. This was surprising to me.
0: Yeah, and I think it was surprising to the researchers who conducted the research originally. So, like you said just now, Kirsten, in the last fifty years, so much of the research about teams and if, and how to make them more effective has focused on answering questions like, what kind of personalities do we need in the team? What sort of structure and systems do we need to make sure is present? What kind of norms or expectations or commonly held beliefs do we need to have? And research have looked and looked and looked at what they would consider highly effective and productive teams trying to tease all of this out. And in fact, most recently, Google did a five-year-long study that Really endeavored to finally answer these Project,
1: questions. Project Aristotle. Yeah, they called it Project
0: Aristotle. I just love to really look at what are all of the factors. What are the key factors that that guarantee the success of a team? And what they found is yes, a lot of those things that you just said, Kirsten, that sort of the boxes that need to get checked are important. There's without question; those things are important. Teams need direction. Teams need to understand why they're together and what they're working on. They need to have, you know, a purpose and understand goals who's and,
1: responsible for what and yeah. when, and what happens when that doesn't happen. And roles, roles, and responsibilities, mm-hmm. accountability,
0: etc. But the, the but the the num the the single takeaway takeaway the only consistent thing that researchers found in this study, and it's now been supported by others, is that a team needs to have psychological safety.
1: And this is so interesting on the tale of our last episode on the future of work Yes, and talking about the importance of mental health in the workplace, the focus on mental health hygiene. And I, I know this is different. I know psychological safety is something different, but it is about how we exist yes in the context of other people and so google of course that's all they do is information algorithms right, right. so they turn all that attention to actually all that expertise to their own workforce and analyzing the results of teams in their own workforce and they t- they look at oh do we need a diverse team do we not do we have a homogenous team and what i love about this is yeah the takeaway is Every effective team must have psychological safety. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what is that? What is psychological safety?
0: Yeah. And it really is. I mean, it comes down to how members treat one another. And you were saying earlier that this is something I, 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 do, I do observe teams a lot and I interject or intercede or interfere. Intervene. Facilitate. I facilitate. (laughs) You know, their their interactions with Mm -hmm. one another. And it's it was such an aha moment when I read this. I was like, of course.
1: Of course. It's probably defining something that you have kind of known intuitively. Yes. And been working towards without even without that clear, like, oh, that's what this really is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so to know, again, I'm just gonna say it, psychological safety how you know how teammates treat one another that leads to the psychological safety is the single biggest factor it was just yeah like it's light bulb for me like ah there it is and that psychological safety you know by definition is the belief that you won't get punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas and questions or concerns or mistakes so it's really the each individual in the team Needs to feel like they are w- able to bring their whole and authentic, authentic self. self.
1: Here we go again. The whole and authentic self yes. to the workplace. To the workplace. Nobody, and that's one of the things they found in the Google study. Nobody wants to put on a work face.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Nobody wants. To, yeah. Nobody wants to be somebody else when they come to work. And in fact, in, this is even more so when our, as we discussed in the last episode, when our other institutions are not really serving us in the ways that they used to. When we're not going, you know, when our community is so tied around our work, Mm -hmm. that's even more of a reason why people wanna bring. And I'm gonna, you know, we have a lot to talk about, I know, but I wanna bring it back to this one more time. You know, again, if you are, if psychological safety is the belief that you can bring your whole and authentic self essentially and express yourself in a way, Mm that you feel you need to and not be judged this is also why a focus on an attention to diversity and the experiences of everyone in your workplace and not just the white people Mm -hmm. is so
1: important yeah right and i also think when you solve it for when you when you solve it for people of color or marginalized people whatever you whatever however we're going to name quote name this You solve it for everybody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Then it just makes it better for everybody. So let's talk about the four aspects of psychological safety, according to Dr. Timothy Clark. This concept of psychological safety has been around for a while, frankly. Yeah. But this guy, Dr. Timothy Clark, has really defined it as four different Stages or steps or aspects—I don't know how I would phrase that. I think he calls
0: them stages, but I don't doesn't, think you run through them sequentially. Right doesn't yeah. feel right to me. He so he really tried to take the notion of psychological safety and apply it to the workplace, not just like in your mm-hmm. life, but really in the workplace, and um how to create a, this feeling of belonging and. Safety, so that we can start to essentially realize all of those benefits of effective team. And so, yeah, I, I don't. Did I just restate what you stated? You're looking at me. No, like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm...
1: <laughs> why are you doing that? And why are you talking right now? No, I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, I think we're going to stage one <laughs> inclusion safety, which is
0: not a stage. I'm just going to say, yeah, but he th-
1: calls them that. So should we honor how he phrased them? I think we should.
0: Do we ever? I feel like we always want to rename. what. Let's rename say. it then. I'm for it. <laughs> what do we call it? Phase? No. Aspect. Aspect. Mm hmm inclusion safety yeah let's
1: call it an aspect of include let's call it aspect of psychological safety the first being inclusion safety which to me is the part that you just really articulated so beautifully which is our basic human need to connect and belong
0: yeah yeah we
1: show up we're accepted for who we are we recognize that we have unique offerings as an individual um, that define us that are you know Beneficial to the team or contributions to the team.
0: Yeah. So if you have inclusion safety, s- phase one, you will feel like you can bring bring your unique attributes to work. How we do that, how we signal that in mm-hmm. a team
1: is... That it's okay. Th- yeah. That that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Is by mm, allowing everyone to speak up, for instance and thinking about how we create space for those opinions and ideas and thoughts of
1: everyone in the room. Using candor, right? Being who, saying the thing that that you want to say. There's there's a wonderful story in that Google um, Project Aristotle study about a team leader who was very good at managing technical people and had had a lot of success on teams and ended up with a team that was, he was very clear was not successful. And so he did a survey to kind of get a sense of why the team has not been successful and effective. Got the, inf- the survey information back, which is really not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is he pulled everybody off site to talk about this survey. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he did was ask people to share something about themselves that nobody, that the team didn't know. And the first thing he shared was the fact that he had terminal cancer that he had been living with for 10 years Mm. and that has spread to his spine or whatever had happened. And he said, I just, he felt that it was important to really show up as who he was. And this was such a big part of him that he couldn't not, that he felt like in order to establish that he that this was a trustworthy team. Mm-hmm. He had to show the team he trusted them. Right. Which was a sea change for the entire team. And I just think that's a great example of, and I'm not saying we all have to share the most base our, our kind of our health stuff with people, but it is exemplary of being honest and transparent and authentic. Right. And it's very risky to do that.
0: But it is like you said. It is model one of the ways that we have inclusion safety is by modeling the behaviors that we want to see. And in Mm -hmm. his case, he was saying, "Look, I'm going to model vulnerability and risk taking Mm -hmm. in a way that I that in a way that matters a lot to me." Mm -hmm. And like you said, what he did was then allowed for others to do the same. And I believe it was in that same meeting that he just started to see more and more and more people kind of articulating their own vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. and not getting punished for it yes and that's really you know that's sort of the this element of inclusion safety i also think that you know from a you know that's that that story is a great example of what a leader did or can do to create this element but i also think People in teams can do that for each other.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like you said, using candor, you know, we can also just be vulnerable with each other and hopefully accept and sit with that without with others vulnerability, without judgment, without, con- you know, condemning them, etc. But also, you know, being curious, we talk about this a lot, asking mm-hmm. really good questions. And And um, being engaged with what's going on with people. Two of
1: my favorite words I think are really appropriate here, curiosity and empathy. Yes. Right. So when we do show up, right, if we're trying to create a culture of belonging, um, then we got to bring our curiosity Mm -hmm. and we have to bring our empathy. Mm Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and you're so good at that, Kirsten. That's you've, nice of you to say. No, you have really helped me see the benefit of curiosity without judgment. Mm-hmm. No, you've helped me see how to do that. How to sort of embody that? I feel like I used to be curious, but there's judgment behind it,
1: and now I feel like judgment is so fun. Oh my Come god, on. it's so easy. Like I'm going to ask a leading question, and just like it reinforces the judgment in my head, and it makes then reinforces and 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 like affirms everything I believe about the world. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh my god, that is hilarious. Yes, hundred percent. But I also want to say there's real power in understanding the opposite of what psych, of what um, this inclusion yes. safety feels like. And there are so many examples that we can point to, but I will say one that comes up time and time again is when somebody in your team is willing and uh, is willing to and or is allowed to gossip or talk shit about other team members. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is the opposite of inclusion safety.
1: And I would also say the eye rolling at meetings. Yes. uh, The, you know, the I was in a meeting recently where somebody had their arms and their legs crossed and they were turned away from everybody in the meeting. I was like, Hmm, I don't think there's a sense of belonging here. No, this (laughs) is not inclusion and safety. We are
0: not modeling. Everything's okay. No." And so when, when you behave in a way, even outside of the team setting, like you're not in a meeting for instance, but Oh yeah, this team member over here talks shit on that one. That creates almost immediately the opposite of inclusion safety Mm -hmm. so again teams need to be able to be human without judgment Mm -hmm. and to
1: trust that and when you show up at a meeting what is your awareness of how you're showing up yeah Yeah.
0: or uh, yeah or anywhere what like meeting at the office in the zoom call
1: wherever in the
0: um surgery room in the classroom Right From our caregiving episode, I always think yeah. about all those women who are not necessarily in offices. Okay, stage two, theme two, phase two of psychological safety at work is learner safety. So we had inclusion safety. I need to make sure I need to know that I'm, I belong and that mm-hmm. I I can bring my whole self. The second one is I need to know that it's okay
1: to learn and ask questions. And I think... The learner safety is really about being able to not know everything and to make a mistake. Yes. It's, wait a minute, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm Not perfect. Right. And that is a huge need for people is to recognize, like, if I make a mistake, if I ask a question, I don't want to look stupid. Right. How does, how this is a really hard problem for lawyers. I was going to I was actually going to ask you about that. Doctors and lawyers are supposed to know everything, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a um like we we worry about asking questions that make us look like we don't know. We're good at asking questions to find out information. Yeah. Like what happened? What did this do? But I just think it's a really tough thing because it might make you look like you don't know everything or you're not the best or, you know, yeah you don't
0: have a profession of experimentation no and frankly nobody wants their doctor or their lawyer to be, ex- to be experimenting, experimenting. Yeah. but it is it, it it is important in a team setting so maybe not with client clients but if your medical team is is open to questioning and mm-hmm. sharing hard re- lessons and exploring and learning That is the team you want to be working with. Yes.
1: And I feel like I have had some of my most effective interactions with people when I have been able to say I made a mistake.
0: Yeah. And here's what I learned.
1: And here's what I I made a mistake. And here's what I learned. Like, I think one of I feel like one of my jobs at the law firm is to frankly model failure. Mm, Yeah. Right. To model what you do when you fail. And I think I'm pretty good at it. (laughs) You're like, I've had a lot of practice. Let me tell you.
0: No, but I think that is it. You are Mm -hmm. creating the conditions. and, and, And people who are in leadership positions can do exactly that you can be fine. You can be, if you, you can be fine. What the hell do I mean when I say that? You can't, when you model that it's okay to have made mistakes and learn from them, that is creating that very thing, learner safety. I think work in the workplace or workers in general, we can do that for each other too. Really just you know, making it okay to make, make mistakes, it's not a referendum on your value as a human if you don't do something perfectly.
1: And it, the team needs to reflect that, Yes, right? The team needs to reflect that. I also really appreciate being able to go to my different teams when I have made a mistake and I'm not sure how to solve it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I know where I gravitate when I need to figure out how to fix something. And I gravitate towards my most effective teams. Yeah, where it feels safe, where you can be your, where you're not going to be judged mm-hmm. for learning. And we can, I think, we can all think of those moments when we have had a mm-hmm. failure and figured out how we're going to solve it, and gravitating towards the team that you know is going to be most effective for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I've because always, of that idea of learner safety. Yeah,
0: and it's funny because I've 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 read you know
1: I don't know a you've million. read a ton on this. Well, and I've
0: also seen like. Oh yeah, make make experimentation okay. Celebrate failure. Da da da. And I sometimes I'm like, yeah, you just can't institutionalize that like that. You can't say, okay, at staff meeting today, everyone's going to talk about their big f up for the week. Mm-hmm. You know? But if you can get your team to the place where discussing or div- or, di- or I'm digging into or exploring a failure is as um, comfortable as exploring a success that is what we're shooting for in this in this phase mm-hmm. i guess the other the third um sort of element to psychological safety element stage element phase aspect. Theme, <laughs> is contributor yeah contributor mm-hmm. safety
1: which is I just love this one because it goes back to something that we know we talk about all the time on the podcast, which is I need to know I need to feel safe that my skills and abilities are going to make a meaningful contribution. Mm -hmm. I have the ability to make a difference here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because I think of contributor. It's really it's not like, oh, that I can contribute. Really, contributor safety is that I have an opportunity
1: to use to my use unique my, skills and talents yes. to make a difference, and we also know this is what people want at work. Yeah. Right? They want to make. They want to provide a meaningful contribution. They want to be able to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: And if I could side note for just side a, note, sister, s- just a second here. Side there's, note away. There's a great book that I've read. I've actually recommended it to several of you listeners out there called "The Nine Lies About Work," and it was produced by Harvard Business Review Press, and it was uh, published by Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall. They're the authors. They are the authors, and they maintain that the elements of a high-performing team are almost all focused really on this contributor safety. They say you can you can gauge whether or not you feel like you have sort of safe you you have this element contributor safety if you feel if you clearly understand what is expected of you. Mm -hmm. If you can use your strengths every day and if you're uh, challenged to grow and you're going to be recognized for excellent work, those things, if you say, yes, yes, I am uh, um, rewarded for excellent work. Yes, I understand what my work is. Absolutely. You know, I, I am challenged to grow and can use my strengths every day. That is the pinnacle of contributor safety.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And it makes total sense. Yes. And so And so consistent with everything else that we've seen about satisfaction at work and engagement at work and all of the things, right? Yes.
0: And when you can maximize the contributors' um contributions, if you will, in your team, that's where a lot of the cool creative, like creativity,
1: super innovative. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So again, if you have these first two stages, if you're, if you're comfortable learning and you feel included and you're able to bring your whole human, then you also start to contribute in a really authentic way. And the team allows for that in every person. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get really some really cool creativity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you like I'm tying this shit all together? We're always tying the signpost together. Even- it's <laughs> like a little road we all go down. Love it. Here we are. <laughs> Going down the road. Let's go to the next stop. Let's go to the next Stage phase aspect (laughs) number four, which is challenger safety, which is, this is the one I'm like, challenger safety. This is where I think we have this aspect in our team at work, which is, I should probably talk about what it is first before I start talking about my own experience. (laughs) Um, Challenger safety satisfies our needs to make things better. Meaning I can speak up. Yep. I can challenge the status quo. I can challenge an idea. I can point out aspects of things that may not work, that may need to be improved, that need to be changed, whatever. And I was just going to say, lawyers are super good at this because we're so skeptical. Mm -hmm. We're so we're trained to be skeptics. Right. And so I always say it's a good thing that lawyers don't run businesses because nothing would ever happen. Because, because we're just <laughs> so skeptical. Well, no, it might not work that way. No, it might not. We're we're trained to figure out the problems. Yeah. That's what we're trained for. No. And I will say, though, I think lawyers are good at doing this. I'm not always sure we have a safe. We're not always safe about it.
0: Ah, interesting distinction. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. I do think it's interesting, though, that you're talking about yourself, you know, we recently had a conversation, as we do. So for the listener, Kirsten and I do see one another when we're not on the podcast recording. <laughs> and I don't know if it was a walk. I think it might have been a, a walk. And one of the things I love about Kirsten is I just start talking about something and she can assimilate information like nobody I've ever been around. This woman is like a machine. Her brain is just like boop, 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 boop. boop. And then she has comes up with these conclusions. And I will say things like flippantly and off cu- off the cuff, and I know what I'm talking about half the time, and I'm just rambling along, and I'll cu- and I'll articulate <laughs> conclusions to Kirsten. So you know what I think this means. Da, 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 da. And without fail, I even po- this is back to my the walk. I pointed this house out on a walk recently. I said, With- without fail, Kirsten
1: will say, "Actually, hmm. I don't think you mean that." I want to challenge that. I, I think, mean, I sometimes even use that word. I yeah. want to challenge what you just said. Yeah, you
0: see, I think what you really mean is I wonder. And no, and no, I mean, I'm Do just I saying, say think? You, here's what I think That's you really mean. I feel mean. safe
1: challenging you. That's
0: what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like that to me is the epitome of yes. challenger safety. Yes. You're not like tippy toeing
1: over to me saying, and I'm not hmm, worried you're going to get like, mad at me. No. And I know you know I have the best of intentions. Yes. And if I say something that doesn't work, you're going to tell me absolutely right
0: and so you're like it but it, without fail you are just my challenger and it's a safe environment i hope to challenge exactly yes, totally. totally safe that is what we're looking for in an effective team with two people with five people with 50 people you want to feel safe going ah raising your hand ah, what about did we really i don't i want to challenge that assumption or that conclusion so when you have these four- you taught
1: me two good words recently about that to really? start out with, I wonder, I wonder whether, yes, and I'm curious about what a great way to start a challenge. Yeah. Like, I wonder whether that is going to da 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 da. Yeah. I'm curious about whether that. So, I mean, I feel like that creating a safe space for challenge is really on both ends. Mm-hmm. How do we deliver our challenge? How do we receive the challenge?
0: Yeah. Ooh, that's good stuff. Yeah. I love this episode so far. I know. Hopefully you're still so, so with us, listener. Juicy. So, okay. So these, it, when you can achieve these four different phases, you do have what, what researchers say, you do have psychological safety. Mm-hmm. And again, when you feel safe, no matter how your team is constructed, no matter how good your goals or outcomes are, no matter how, you know, your how well-versed in the subject area your leader is or whatever else you have then created the conditions that for your team to function at its highest. Mm-hmm. Now overlay a pandemic, right? So researchers have also recognizing all of this. They're like, yeah, that's all well and good, but shit, how do we do this when, and remember a pandemic, the pandemic was not just remote workplace, right? The, pan- when it is, its Tension is high. We're all Processes just... Processes are new. Nerves there are, different are challenges. raw. Right. Change is constant. What we learned in the last episode is that that it, it is chaotic. No matter if you had to...
1: Sit in your house from Zoom or figure out how to wear your mask with your glasses and talk to customers. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's all been tough. And so... um Emerging research from Harvard has been really trying to answer the question, how did high-performing teams create this psychological safety during COVID? And there were some cool takeaways, too. So this is the time when you want to pull your car over and get out your notepad and take down the notes. Or look at the show notes. Or read the show notes. Yeah, show notes.
1: Um, Because because they
0: identified some real practical things in addition to all of those that we've already discussed. That really
1: loop us back. You're going to see through these discoveries – All of this goes back to those four phases, stages, aspects of psychological safety. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So go. All right. High performing teams are not afraid to pick up the phone and to talk to each other. Right to yeah. have conversations yeah. and to create opportunities for communication because isn't that how we get belonging and inclusion?
0: That's right, yeah. and they strengthen relationships and prevent misunderstanding. I've said this a million times. Emails should probably just be used to schedule appointments right. and recap what was discussed, but f- picking up the phone and/or having face-to-face conversations again, talking rather than any above anything else, is. Super fundamental. Effective, super to, effective. Um, building the psychological safety
1: in your team. Okay. Next, high-performing teams. This is the conclusion by Harvard. Are more strategic with their meetings. Yeah. And high-performing teams tend to avoid the common pitfalls of poorly run meetings by incorporating policies to. This is the part of the stuff that I know about team meetings, right? Yeah, use these strategies to have good team meetings. But what I think these strategies do is they do all of the things that we need to create psychological safety. Mm -hmm. They allow for, you know belonging, right, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they create systems that allow times to challenge, ask questions, you know, they figure out. So anyway, I feel like that those strategies that were the things that I thought really made an effective team also contribute to the psychological safety, to all aspects of psychological safety.
0: Yeah. And I think what's interesting about this is that something just as simple as how your meetings are run can make or break how your team functions.
1: And that's that's kind of you're saying it better than I'm saying it. Well, that's a miracle. It's no it's, but it is cuz you I mean it's like I really thought how the meeting was run was the thing. Right. But it's not. No,
0: it's a tool. And 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 I want to go back to this f- notion of psychological safety and overlay it onto meetings. When I go to a meeting and I have no idea why I'm there, what we're talking about, how to participate, what you want me to, to weigh in on. And, or if I'm someone who requires a little bit of time to think about something Mm -hmm. before I can contribute, you know, you've essentially eliminated all of the ways that I'm going to be safe, feel safe. So again, if you are strategic with your meetings, if you have an agenda, if you, you know, even allow for a little bit of human, like a check in at the beginning, All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you give me materials ahead of time so I can come prepared, all of a sudden you're creating conditions for psychological safety.
1: And that, by the way, that check-in was one of the things that this research also concluded that um, high-performing teams invest time bonding over non-work topics, which may be as simple as a check-in. Yeah, it
0: might be as simple as a check-in, but it's also things like Uh, You know, having coffee or um, or chatting about things that are not, like you said, specific to work. And during covid, that has been a real boost Mm -hmm. to team performance Mm -hmm. because we are so isolated and or we need human connection that's not focused on the work only and only the work.
1: I love this. One of the things in the study said that effective teams were more likely to have people that that had met for coffee or tea or a cocktail in the past six months. Yeah. Like, do you have do you meet your do you meet your coworkers, your team, your team members for something outside of your team? Yeah. Like I've often felt that urge, oh, I gotta go meet so-and-so for coffee and just check in.
0: Yeah. What's interesting though is if you pick and choose. So if those two always go out to lunch together and nobody else on the team mm-hmm. gets to that's Stinky. the opposite. Yep. That's the opposite. And so really, again, thinking about how you treat people and how we all feel at work is the, this is this, you know, is the predictor of how well your teams function. Also how you manage this, you know, again, Harvard's study about in COVID found that, um, most you know psychological safety is influenced by how you give and receive appreciation, and Boy. the more frequently you I do it, one. right, mm-hmm. the more the better your uh, team performance is. Um, in fact, the, the best, best teams not only get appreciation from the top down, but really across from their colleagues, a colleague, yeah. yes. Yeah. And you can't have that if it's a highly competitive situation, right? Like if I'm, if I'm competing with you, if the, if the culture is one where we pit, pit workers against one another or talk shit about then each it's other. It's really
1: right? hard to say you did a great job on that. Yeah. Thank you so much yes. for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we need we need to create the conditions and the expectations and model praise, 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 mm-hmm. and kindness. It's okay. In fact, it's preferred.
1: yes, yes. Yes. okay. what else? What Which else does not diminish the giver? No, I feel like we've talked about yeah. that too. I just want to call it out again. No, Giving I watched, praise does not just does, does not diminish the giver. it's it is interesting mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. you're not you're not depleting
0: yourself. Yeah. Just because you say someone's good doesn't you're gonna mean feel you're You're going to feel so worse.
1: stinking good after you say
0: it. Yeah. And your team's going to rock it. Your mm-hmm. team's just going to rock yeah. it. So why not? Okay. They did find one other thing about teams during COVID. Do you see what that, did you, do you remember what that was?
1: Well, it's, you know, this is why I love this episode. It has all of the things that I love. Curiosity, empathy, appreciation. Humor.
0: Oh sorry.
1: <laughs> I love that too. But now the last is authenticity. Yes. High performing teams are more authentic at work. They're bringing their whole selves to work and that allows people to compliment, joke, tease, have fun, enjoy each other because it's okay to come as your full self. That's right. That's right. Yeah,
0: and it's this this espe- again, especially during COVID, mm-hmm. that if we can't bring our authentic self, especially you know now when the, when, it's just one thing after another after another, then you know how is that team supposed to be successful? Yeah. They don't. They can't. Yeah. I don't even know if that was worth saying. Sometimes I say stuff and I go, "What the hell did I just say there?"
1: I think what you just said is important, which is we have just gone through a difficult time with COVID and to some extent are still in it. I never quite know what's over kind of halfway, whatever. The point is, is that we really got to see these aspects of psychological safety at work in effective teams during COVID. It became that much more important. Yeah. Thanks for restating that in a much more eloquent (laughs) and beautiful way. (laughs)
0: I want to go to this authenticity piece for one more second mm-hmm. though. What 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 the people in this Harvard study found was that members of high-performing teams were really much more likely to express positive emotions with their colleagues, but they were also more likely to express negative emotions. So they found that, you know, high-performing teams during COVID we're more likely to curse or complain or express sarcasm with their teammates as well. So it wasn't just rainbows and
1: unicorns and sunshine and sunshine. Well, that's what authenticity is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's that they
0: are able to bring, I mean, yeah, bring whatever's happening. And sometimes that sarcasm again, it can't be biting. It can't be cutting. We can't be doing it behind someone's back. We can't be assholes, but we can be authentic. You know, yes. But if there's a way to be authentic and kind mm-hmm.
1: in whatever Or just honest about what you're experiencing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that was sincerity too. Sincer- yeah. Yeah. Sincerity. Yeah. And that but, was
1: key. And sometimes, this is a weird thing to say, but sometimes in your sarcasm, you can really express your own sincerity. Yeah. I know that sounds weird to say, but no. I really think that it it does. No. What I love so much about this episode is that I mean, this is in some ways like the secret sauce to Mm -hmm. getting ease, meaning, and joy at work, right? This is kind of the fundamental stuff about how we get more of that. And what is important to me about this is there's a ton of things here that leaders can do, which is great. But these are things all of us can do. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to be so much more aware of how I show up at whatever meeting I'm in With this concept of psychological safety. Mm -hmm. And I'm great on the agenda. Don't get me wrong. I know what we need to decide. I know how long we have to decide it. And I can take notes about who's supposed to do what by when. Yep. But this bringing this psychological safety as as the focus to get to effectiveness. I'm digging it.
0: No, I was going to say the same exact thing. Sometimes I feel like I approach teamwork in this very pragmatic. What do we need to get done? Mm -hmm. Who's going to do what by when? And, and listening to what's going on with people, hearing their stories, creating an opportunity to share, making sure that everyone has a time to talk, feels superfluous sometimes for me. It's feels like it's not the meat. It's not not, the meat and potatoes of the dinner plate. Right. Yeah. And in fact, what. Yeah, the big takeaway on this is you're never going to get this other stuff if we don't tend to at least
1: not to the degree that you could get it.
0: No. And you might you know, you're not going yeah, you're not going to get effective and productive teams to the degree that you could if you were creating psychologically safe environments, mm-hmm. but you also might be working counter to everything that you want mm-hmm. out of your workplace and your workers mm-hmm. or your teammates by by minimizing mm-hmm. those things, okay. Before we go, I have to tell you one other thing that's completely—it's a complete non sequitur.
1: That's okay. I um, but, like that because this is a safe place for you to share your innovative thought and idea. <laughs> I love
0: that. One of the one of the greatest quotes. It's not necessarily a. It is kind of about psychological safety, but but research recent studies from MIT, Carnegie Mellon, and Union College suggest that one of the most effective or efficient the most oh, efficient I know groups, what you're going to say <laughs> the ones that are best at collaborating <laughs> and analyzing problems and solving them were not comprised simply of the smartest people instead they were just mostly made up of women and and honest to goodness if a group had at least 50% of it made up of women, they were without fail in these studies, in two new studies, um, they were the best at solving problems and innovating.
1: The actual title of the article <laughs> that discusses these two studies that are relatively new is called The Secret to Efficient Teamwork is Ridiculously Simple. Yeah. By the way, it's women. Yeah, it's women. So women who work, Kudos to you for making teams more effective just by who you are and what you bring to the meeting. Right. And
0: it's funny because we could have woven this in throughout, but it, but but when you read and dig into why, <laughs> why having women, it's because we create psychological safety. safety for each other yeah. and for others on, the,
1: um, on, the, on team. the team.
0: So maybe that's a great place to leave So it. just
1: by showing up. Listeners at your next meeting if you're a woman, <laughs> you are doing your job to make it more effective. Just
0: by being on a team? Yeah. You're your yeah, your team is more effective because of you.
1: So get out there, be Woo-hoo! more effective just by your presence. <laughs> and maybe. maybe and maybe some of the the, the phases, stages, aspects of Psychological safety, yeah. Thank you for listening, thanks listeners. And
0: drop us a drop us a line. Tell us how we you, love hearing from we you. We love
1: hearing from you, good or bad, really. Well, I like to. I Because right. it's a safe place to give us feedback. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Kirsten. Bye.
0: Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks, Thanks for listening. For listening. <laughs>